0: I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'll switch to the lapel here. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you hear me? Amen. Well, this morning I just <clears throat> this morning I'm going to talk about um, our justification and what the Bible says we need to do to be justified. And not really a long list of things that we need to do. Amen. Um, the word justified in the Greek is the word uh, dikaiho, and there are three ways that it's used in the Bible. So the first definition is to render righteous or such um, as he ought to be. So Psalms 30, 73, 13 says, I have shown my heart to be upright. I consider, consider myself to be justified. So the, the first meaning is to say I'm justified I know that I'm right, you know, I'm I'm good. The second definition is um to show, exhibit, events one to be righteous, such as he is and wishes himself to be considered righteous. So uh Romans three, four showing justification in what you say or do. You know that that's also um you know, if you you might say, Well, you can justify your actions because in the past you've done Whatever, you've you've done this right, you know, in justifying actions. And that's what that's talking about. And what I want to talk about this morning is the third third definition, which is to declare, pronounce one to be just, righteous, or such as he ought to be. And in Galatians 2.16, they're talking about declaring by God that we are justified by faith in him and not according to our works. Amen, and that's the justification I want to talk about this morning. That not only are we justified, we are being, we are declared justified. Amen, by God, He declares us justified. And um, you know, I want to I want to focus on on those scriptures. And usually, the word justified or justify has something to do with an action on the part of the person who is being justified, right? And so maybe somebody goes out and buys something really expensive that they kind of need, but they kind of don't. But they justify it by saying, well, I need it because X, Y, and Z. I uh, told a story that I wanted to buy an iPhone uh, 11 for myself a while back. Um, very expensive, out of my price range. And, uh, but not out of my credit card's price range, amen. <laughs> and, uh, and so I wanted to buy it. And I justified it by saying, well, we don't really have a good camera. And I heard that the iPhone 11's camera is really good. And so what was I doing? I was justifying my action of wanting to purchase this iPhone, right? Um, just because I thought it would, it would kill two birds with one stone, right? It'd have a phone and it'd have a camera. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so that's what we do a lot of times. We'll justify our actions um, based on the need. Um, you may have heard the phrase, you know, or the question, well, does the end justify the means? That's a very common phrase, and and you think of Robin Hood, you know, does the end, helping the poor, justify the means, stealing from the rich, you know, in Robin Hood, you know, and that, that was the argument, right, is that, that well, we're doing something good, amen, we're helping the poor, so it doesn't matter what I do to get to that point, amen, um, he's, it's, it's saying that that I can do whatever I need to do in between. I can break the rules, I can bend the rules, I can do whatever I need to do to get to the end point. Amen. And so the thinking is that because the ultimate result is good, it's okay to bend or break the rules to get the end result. But we know that we serve a just God, amen, who doesn't bend or break the rules. Amen. And so he couldn't bend or break the rules to justify us. Amen. And to call us justified. And, um, he follows the rules so closely that he gave his son, who was a part of him, as a sacrifice for our sins, which is a tough thing to do, right? It's tough for him to do. In fact, it said that he couldn't even, when Jesus was on the cross, he couldn't even look. (laughs) He, He just couldn't look, right? Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, uh. I know as a parent, if one of my kids you know, said that to me and, and felt that I had you know, betrayed them or whatever it was, it would be tough, because you know, I would never do that. I would never want to betray, and God did not betray his son. Amen. But he, he follows the rules. I mean, he's, he's a just God. He's a moral God, and there couldn't be a way to heaven without the shedding of perfect blood, right? God could have said, I'm going to go against my own morality. I'm going to break the rules. Because the end result will be just that everyone has a turn to do with me, praise the Lord, hallelujah right he could he could go against you know he's he's God is all powerful amen he's he's omnipotent, he's omniscient right he's omnipresent he's everywhere, and so he could do that, but he's not going to break his own laws amen he's not going to do anything illegal amen and so we, he, he's not going to do that because he's a moral God. And the problem, you know, I think this is a this is a problem with governments all over the world, right? They go against the will of the people because they believe that it's in the best interest of the people of what they're doing. Amen. Yeah. And who knows our best interest better than than the Lord? You know, but he's still not going to go against the laws that he created. He's not going to go against the morality of mankind, right? He's not going to go against the morality of what he set up. And uh, again, God could, God could do the same, but he's not going to um, go against his morals, which he believes that everyone has a choice. Amen. And that's really the heart of, of whether somebody's justified in the Lord or not. We all have a choice, right? We all have a choice whether to follow him, to have our, put our faith in him, or to not put our faith in him. And you see that a lot of people are upset because you hear the phrase a lot, why, why is God allowing somebody to go to hell? Why is God allowing this to happen? And they say, how can a good God let people go to hell? I don't know how many times I've heard that. I don't know how many times um, I've seen it on, you know, on, on a Facebook post or um, whatever it is. And it's sad because that's not who God is. I mean, he's not... He's not a God who just, it's not just like, oh, well, you know, it's not, he's not Santa who has a list and checks it twice and is like, you know, oh, this person's been bad, so see you later, and this person's been good, so I'm going to let them come into my kingdom. No, that's not who God is. He is a good God, amen, but there are things that um, he follows, morality that he follows, and one of those is that he's not going to go against our free will. I and mean, he's not going to go against our choice whether we want to go and serve him or not. And so I wanted to go through a little bit of the timeline of events, not every event in the Old Testament, but the timeline of events of why Jesus needed to come to earth. Um, and it goes kind of like this. So first thing that happened, God makes man and woman and legally gives them dominion over the earth. And then he said, I'm giving you dominion over the earth. You, are, you have, you know, you're, you're dominant over all of the plants, all of the animals, make your own decisions, right? But he does give them a rule. He says, you can eat of every tree, but do not eat of the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, Got knowledge of good and evil, right? And so he makes man, gives them everything. He gives them everything that they could want. And everything that they could need. Amen. The second thing, man and woman sin against God by eating the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then legally give everything that they were just given. Amen. The dominion they had, the keys to death, hell and the grave. Amen. Because remember, before sin entered the world, the world was perfect. Well, if something's perfect, amen, according to God's standards, then... It can't die, right? Because it would be imperfect if it died. So everything was perfect. So they were living, and they would have continued to live, amen, with the Lord if sin wouldn't have entered the earth. And so they sin against God and legally give that dominion, those keys of death, over to the devil. Right? So first we see that there's a transaction between God and man. And God has all authority, He has all dominion, He has everything. And He says, I'm going to give it to you because I love you. Because I trust you. Amen. I've talked about before, in a relationship, there has to be trust. Amen. And, and just like we trust the Lord for everything and everything that He does for us, He also trusts us. He trusts us to make good decisions. He trusts us to uh, witness to people and bring people into His kingdom. Amen. And he does trust you. Amen. He does. He's not like um you know, he's not going to give it to you and then be worried that you're not going to do with it what he wants you to do. No, he's a God of trust. Amen. He loves you enough to do that. Hallelujah. Amen. So then that was the first transaction. The second transaction was man gives it away back to the devil. And we thought we hear about, you know, the devil is the god of this world and and, you know, he had the power of the grave. And, and when sin entered the earth, death then entered the earth, right? So things would die. Animals would die. People would die. The third thing that happened is because of the sin and because it needed to be dealt with, amen, he didn't want his, his people to live in their sin. The Lord deals with this sin by shedding blood of an innocent animal and covering Adam and Eve. Amen. And because sin entered the world and everything in it before the shedding of blood to cover Adam and Eve, it's no longer a perfect blood sacrifice. So just think of that. Yeah, the shedding of... You know, we think of... They talk about, um, you know, for atonement, the the shedding of a lamb with no spot or wrinkle or any blemish. So physically perfect. But when sin entered the world, everything became imperfect. Right? So even the shedding of of an innocent animal like a lamb, that only covered temporarily, right? It only co- covered temporarily, amen. Just as Adam's, Adam and Eve's life was now temporary after the fall, the bloodshed for sin could only be temporary at this point from anything that, was, that came up from the earth, anything that was created um, from the earth. And we know that, that the earth produced the beasts of the field. The sea produced the fish, Right? So everything came out of its environment. Um, mankind, Adam, was formed from the dust of the earth. Amen. But I think one thing that, that's very important to note is that the spirit of man did not come from the earth. The spirit of man, when, 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 Jesus, when God breathed into Adam, his spirit breathed into Adam. Amen. I mean, that was not from the earth. Right? The Holy Spirit that was given was not from the earth. Amen. So, I think of it like this, is that there was an out. Amen. There was an out. The fourth thing, the Mosaic Law is introduced to justify mankind temporarily. amen. And that's what it did. Every every time you sinned, you would, you would have to shed innocent blood for the remission of that sin, for a temporary covering over that sin, whether it was for, until the next time you sinned, or the priest would go in once a year and do an offering for everybody, right? And it lasted for a year. But we know it was just temporary, amen? They would commit a sin and then shed blood of an animal to help justify their sin. But because God is not of the earth, he wasn't cursed with the earth and remains perfect, amen? And so I, I was thinking about this, and this has always interested me just about, you know, how and why and... and um what the, the legal, legality of it was with the Lord and why, why this was the way he chose to do it. And if we go to Matthew 1.18, the Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so she was found with child of the Holy Spirit, right? So Jesus was born not through natural means. He was born through spiritual spiritual means. Amen. He wasn't born of the earth, but he was born of heaven. Amen. I mean, he was born of God. Hallelujah. He was the son of God. So, Jesus, so God, knowing that man could only spend eternity in heaven with him if they were perfect, he sent his perfect son, amen, to, can be, to be conceived, not of the earth, but of the spirit, to have his blood shed for us. Just think of all the great men and women in the Bible. and And... You think of well why could why could God not just anoint one of them to save the world well because no matter how great somebody was no matter how much they they served God and they maybe they weren't blameless at all maybe they didn't do they're as close to perfect as you could be they were that's just what they were as close to perfect as they could be but Jesus was perfect amen, amen. he was perfect amen. and the reason that God couldn't just anoint anybody that was naturally conceived, because no matter how righteous they were, the the conception would have been from the sinful earth, right? Because Jesus was not conceived via natural conception. He maintained perfection even while on earth. And we see in Hebrews 4.15, the Bible says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So he still had to, it's it's, it's not like it was just all this really easy road for him for 33 years. No, he, he went through the same temptations. He went through everything that we did. Amen. Yeah, he started out perfect because he was not tainted by the earth, by the sin that entered the earth. But he still had to go through life. He still had to be tempted. He still had to go through peer pressure. He still had to go through different things like that. Right? And so then the sixth thing, the, the, the last thing that I have, is that Jesus was crucified on the cross, perfect blood was shed, and he took back the keys of death, hell, and the grave from Satan. Amen. 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 And, you know, maybe, maybe all of you already knew that whole timeline. But I know for me it was, it was really fun to go through it, and it was really beneficial to kind of see, okay okay, that's why this couldn't happen, and that's why Jesus came, and different things like that. But perfect blood was shed. Now think about that. There's no other way that it could happen, except for perfect blood being shed. So we see the history of why Jesus needed to come to save us. Some might say, well, because Jesus was perfect and died for our sins, everybody's justified. Right? Everybody's justified to live eternally because of the act of Jesus. But that's not true, because Jesus opened a door... For people to live eternally. Amen. But Jesus dying on the cross, rising again, and taking back the keys of death from Satan wasn't our justification. Okay? I'm going to say it again. Jesus dying on the cross, rising from the dead, and then taking back the keys of death, that was not our justification. Let's go to Romans five one. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So the act of Jesus doing all these things, yeah, it was for our benefit, but was, it wasn't. We weren't justified when that happened. The Bible says, I might have it later on. I can't remember. Um, I think in Romans again, though, that that when he died, his death was reconciliation back to Lord, back to God. And in his life, you know, when he when he rose from the dead, that was so we could live. Amen. But the justification actually happens when we decide. To make Jesus the Lord of our life. Amen. The justification in our life actually comes when we say, I'm going I'm to serve you. I have faith that what you said is true in your word. I have faith that you did die on the cross for my sins. For, for me to be able to be justified. Amen. And that's when our justification actually comes. So when we have faith in Jesus' work on the cross, we are at that moment justified by our faith. We may say, well, I still act perfect. And that's true. We don't act perfect, right? We're not always going to be a perfect person. I'm going to tell you, you're probably going to, I'm going to probably screw up today. It's true. My kids and my wife can attest to that. I'll probably screw up today. But our faith in Jesus makes us justified. And that blood of Jesus covers our imperfect spirit to make it perfect in the sight of God. So let's go to Galatians two uh, 2.20. The Bible says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And that word righteousness in... Um, let's see. Did I have twenty twenty? Sorry, I think I forgot to put up verse 21 as well. But the word righteousness in verse 21 in the Greek means equity of character, act, especially justification. Amen. I do not set aside, thank you so much, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. And that word righteousness really means justification. So, you could say, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if justification comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. We don't get our justification by the works that we do. We don't get our justification by following all the rules, right? But we get our justification by living for Jesus. We get our justification by having faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. We're not we're not justified and and it kind of goes back to a couple other meanings of justification in the Bible, because when you think of justification when I think of justification, I I think of, you know, okay, I have to do this to be justified in my answer, or in my, in my, you know, the end has to just, you know, justify the means, right? But what God said is, you don't have to do a thing except for believe in me. He's saying, you don't have to do anything except for have faith in me, and I'm going to declare you just. You don't even have to declare yourself justified. I'm going to, I'm going to, going right up to the top, I'm going to declare you justified. And then he declares you justified. Amen. And because it's him who lives in us, we can legally be justified by our faith. Because, just think about, about this, we still have an imperfect body. We're still imperfect. Our, you know, we have, we have a spirit man, amen? But the Bible says in Ephesians 1.13, "...in him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise." who is the guarantee of our inheritance. So when we believe on Jesus, amen, it says that the Holy Spirit comes, and he lives on the inside of us. Amen. And so when, when God sees us, when we, when we have faith in him, when, when he sees us, he doesn't see our sinful nature. He sees the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Amen. I mean, he sees the Holy Spirit. He sees the perfection of the Holy Spirit. Amen who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. So we have been sealed for our inheritance. Amen. The Bible says we've been sealed. And our inheritance is, inter- is eternal life. Amen. So when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and he, was, he was being literal. He is the way. Amen. Other than a figure of speech. <laughs> he was the only way. Amen. He's the only way. No one gets the, to the Father except through me. Hallelujah. And I just, when I read it, it was like, whoa. So, like the Holy Spirit actually covers my sin. Like when the Lord sees me, he just sees perfection. He sees, oh, this is my, ch- this is my child. He's going to live eternally with me just amazing amazing and then even just just the lord like i said to to be in a relationship you have to have trust amen what did what did god do right away he trusted adam and eve with the keys but what does he also do he makes a way of escape amen he'll trust us he'll trust us with opportunities to witness there might be somebody in your life that that really needs to know the Lord. And he, and he sets you up, he's, he's, you know, maybe you are work next to them, or, or you see them frequently. But I tell you what, if you don't do it, there's somebody else that he has in store. He trusts us to give us maybe a first go at it. Amen. And he says he's going to do it, she's going to do it. Amen. But we're human, we mess up. So what does God do? He says, that's okay, I have a plan B. Amen. What did Kevin, what Pastor Kevin used to say? If you miss Plan A, he's got a Plan B. If you miss Plan B, he's got a Plan C. Amen. Yeah. He's got, he's got a plan. Amen. Yeah. And he loves us so much that he has a plan. It's, you know, aren't you thankful that it's not that if I screw up, God's like, well, that's too bad. That person's not going to heaven because Randon didn't minister to them. I'm glad about that. <laughs> Excuse me. Amen. So He loves us. Amen. And because He lives in us, we can legally be justified by our faith. Let's go to Romans 3.21. It says, "But But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I think a lot of people... Sometimes we'll just stop at that verse and we'll say, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I know I'm a sinner. I I don't deserve to live. You know, that kind of that whole port woe is me. But look what it says in verse 24. Right after it says that, um, right after it says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, it says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Here's one verse. Although we've fallen short of the glory of God, we are justified freely. It was free to us. Amen. Amen. We didn't have to pay for our justification. Jesus had to pay, but for us it was free. And we were justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness. Because his forbearance, in his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at that present time his righteousness. That he might be just and the justifier. He is the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. <laughs> I couldn't justify myself. You know, if somebody asked me, you know, you know, set aside your faith in Jesus, why should you go to heaven? I'd say, I shouldn't. There's no I can't justify, you know, things that I've done in order to say, Yeah, I deserve I deserve that. But when you mix the faith faith in Jesus, when you mix the Lord with it, if somebody asks me why why should you go to heaven? then I can say, Because I've been justified. Amen. I've been justified by my faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. And you can do it too. Amen. It's it's as easy as that. Have faith in Jesus. And He declares you justified. Because He is the justifier. Amen? Even though we have fallen short. Even though we have shortcomings. Even though we don't do everything right all the time. He counts us righteous because of what He did for us. Amen? And again, I love what verse 26 says. That He might be, be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. We are justified by God according to his standards. Isn't that amazing? God Pastor Dave's talked about standards before, but we are justified by his standards. And when you when you look at it and you don't think about it like that. It's like, wow, his standards, oof. I don't I don't match his standards. But he's saying, "No, you've had faith in my son, so therefore you do match my standards." Amen. Amen. You are justified according to my standards of faith. Amen. Don't let anybody tell you that you're not a good enough Christian. Amen. God is our justifier. Don't let anybody tell you that you don't do enough for the Lord. Don't let anybody tell you that you don't read enough or that you don't pray enough. That's all between you and God. Nobody else. It's nobody else's business. Amen. And maybe maybe there are times where we could read more, or we could pray more, or we could fast more. But those things don't justify us. Our faith in Jesus Christ justifies us. Amen? People aren't your justifiers. I don't know how many times, just in my life, where I felt like you know, somebody's made a comment, whether it was meant to do anything or not, and I just kind of went away, and the whole day you think about that comment, and you're like, wow. I'm really maybe maybe I'm not doing a good job. Maybe, maybe I'm really maybe I am really bad in this area. Maybe I don't follow the Lord like I should. You know, those thoughts, the devil starts putting these thoughts in your head. You're not a good Christian. You don't deserve this. You don't deserve that. Why did the Lord choose you to minister to this person? You don't even talk well. The devil will do that. He'll use people to to do that, right? Just remember that nobody else is a justifier of your faith but Jesus. Amen? Don't let anybody tell you that you're not good enough. Don't let anybody tell you that you, um, you don't have what it takes. Don't let anybody tell you that you're not um, a good speaker. Amen? Don't let anybody tell you that you can't play that instrument. Amen? Amen? Put our trust in the Lord, put our faith in Jesus, and he calls on us, and he calls us justified. Amen? Let's go to John 8, 3 through 11. Verse 3 says, Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought him a woman caught caught in adultery, And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? So what they're saying is, well, the law justifies us to stone her. The law, we're justified to do this because of Moses. Because somebody else said we're justified to do it. But what do you say? This they said testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. You know, I I know there's a lot of uh, sermons about, well, he was writing their sins down. I don't know. I don't think, I don't know if Jesus would actually, you know, I don't know if he'd write their sins down. We serve a good God. He doesn't throw things in our face, right? But maybe he did. Wrote down on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, He raised himself up and said to them, He who was out sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, being with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, who are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, "No one, Lord." And Jesus said to her, "Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more." And so we see this is a story about, you know, these Pharisees that are trying to justify stoning her and trying to say, "Well, you're not, you're not right. You're not justified. You're not. Um, you don't deserve to live because of this act." I don't know what was the what was the. Uh, I don't remember how to say it. What was the penalty for watching the act of adultery? I don't know. But, stoning, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. But what did he say? He says, no one has condemned you. Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Even the law couldn't come against the grace and compassion of Jesus. Right. Amen? Yeah. He is our justifier. Amen. He gave this woman a new start. Amen? He's li- he, the Bible says he's a lifter up of our heads. Amen? He doesn't want us to have our heads down. You know, he doesn't want us to think less of, us, less of ourselves than we are. Amen. He said, no, I've, I've justified you. Keep your head up. I've justified you because of your faith in me. Amen. Notice that this lady didn't run to him or say a prayer of forgiveness. You know, she didn't, she didn't, uh, you know, say the Lord's prayer. She didn't do, she didn't do anything. All she did was be. And the Lord said, and and she called him Lord. You know, she said, no one Lord. She, you know, I I see that as a as a declaration that you are Jesus. I, you are the Messiah. And he said, I don't condemn you either. No. Amen. Only the only thing that she had to do was receive His grace. Amen. And we don't have to pay for our sins because He already did it. Amen. And sometimes it feels like, oh man you know especially if if you feel like you're far from the lord feel like you have to do all these things to get back there and he's saying no i just i have grace for you my grace is sufficient for you amen. amen you know even even if you feel like there's a huge distance between the lord the only thing in the middle is grace think of the think of the prodigal son when when he went off to a far land and he spent everything that he had and he lived you know poorly and he, and he did things that weren't right. Just think, even in the, in the long distance between the father and the son, all there was was a grave. father out there looking, searching, to see if his son's come home yet. Amen? Then what did the father do? He didn't condemn him. He didn't say, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> I knew you are going to mess up. You were too young to go out and take all that money anyways. And what did he do? He didn't even, he didn't even acknowledge What had happened? He didn't even acknowledge that the son had wasted everything that he had gotten. And that was, you know, disgraceful. You know, it it should have been a disgrace to the father for that to happen. What did the father do? now? he ran out to him. Amen. Amen. We don't have to go through all these channels of coming back to the Lord. We just need to say, Lord, I receive your grace. I'm sorry. I receive your grace. And, you know, the Bible says when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. Amen. He's a God. He's the God. Um, He's a God of there, wherever we're at. There He is. Amen. He's just waiting. He just wants to have that relationship. He wants to have that fellowship. Amen. I just love the fact that He calls us justified. We don't have to pay for our sins because He already did it. It's easy to beat ourselves up over something we did wrong during the week. Ah, I didn't do this right. I should have done this. But Jesus isn't beating you up. Amen? If you have faith in, in him, he called you the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Amen? So he's, he's calling you righteous. He's saying that you are the righteousness of God. Amen? 2 Timothy 4.7 seven says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all those who have loved his appearing. The crown of righteousness given to all those who have loved his appearing. Amen. Those who had faith that he really is the Son of God. Just because we weren't there to see it doesn't mean it shouldn't be real to us. Amen. Hallelujah. We had loved his appearing. Even though he appeared thousands of years ago. I don't know about you. I love his appearing. I'm glad he came. <laughs> Amen. I have faith that what the Bible says is true. I have faith that what the Bible says that he did for us is actually true. And because of that, I'm justified. And because of that, you're justified. <clears throat> that fact, <clears throat> excuse me, that fact should be as real, real to us as, as food is real. Amen? The fact should be as real to us as being able to see you right now, that Jesus did what he said he did. Hebrews 11 one says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and is the evidence of things not seen. Amen? Faith is tangible, even though we can't see it. That's, the word substance, substance actually means tangible. You know, When you think of somebody something tangible, it means that you can touch it, you can see it, you can taste it. Right? faith is the tangibility of things that we hope for and what does the bible say all throughout the new testament you know when it talks about hope most of the time it talks about our hope of jesus return amen that's what when we have when we have this hope inside of us many um, passages in the new testament when it talks about hope it's talking about the hope of Christ's return and I've, i've taught before that hope isn't wishing you know, it's not like, I hope I get this for Christmas, or I hope this happens. But hope is actually, um, you, you, you know it's going to happen based on um, what the Bible said. Amen. It's actually, a, it's more than just a wishing. It's more than just, uh, it might happen, it might not. No, it's, it's you know beyond a shadow of a doubt. That's the hope that we have that Jesus is coming. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's coming. It says that it's the, it's the tangibility of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. I mean, so you think of evidence. If you have a a court case or something, you know, the the lawyer comes up and he's talking and he said, well, we have evidence of this. And he he holds up the evidence. Now, if if he came and said, we have evidence, and the judge said, well, where is it? And he's like, well, it's there. It's there. (laughs) Take my word for it. But I I don't see it. Well, it's it's there. they would be like, well, the case is getting thrown out and you don't have any evidence. But what does it say that faith is the evidence of things that are not seen. Amen. Again, it's tangible. We can't see Jesus physically right now. We can't see the Holy Spirit physically with our own eyes. Amen. But faith is the evidence that they're real. Faith is the evidence that they're there. We can't see the air we breathe. I can't see gravity, but I know if I, you know, if I fall if I fall like this you know, down the stairs, that gravity is going to take a hold of me and I'm going to fall, right? But faith is the substance of things hoped hope for the evidence of things not seen. And that's what we're justified justified by. Amen? We act on our faith in Jesus, who is the Word of God. Let's go a couple more, couple more verses here. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the, the word is a living word. Amen. The Bible says, it says that the word of God is living, one, and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. And sometimes it's, you can say, Ooh, it, discerns, it discerns my thoughts and it discerns, it discerns the intents of my heart. Yeah, it does. But it doesn't, condemn you for it, you know, maybe maybe some of you today, you know, you've just had, you know, like I've said, you know, holidays for some people are hard, you know, depending on what's happened in the past, maybe you lost a loved one or your childhood wasn't very good or whatever, holidays can be hard, right, and so maybe you've had different thoughts or different whatever, but it says that he's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And what he does is he mends those things. He doesn't point them out as far as, huh, look what you did, look what you thought about last week. No, what does he do? He he knows us better than we know ourselves so that he can help us, so he can guide us, so he can mend relationships, so he can mend our heart. Amen? Um, Pastor Kevin also used to say that... Um, I'm gonna get the quote wrong, I know it, but um, he loved us enough. what was it oh i can't I can't think of it. This is what happens when I try to do it on on the spot. I'll write it down in my notes here. He loves us enough that he's not going to keep us that way. Anybody know the first part of that <laughs> what Yeah, he loves us where we're at. But he loves us enough not to keep us that way. Amen. That's what I was trying to say. Wow, that was bad. I totally butchered that. Sorry, Pastor Kevin, if you're watching. Love you. Amen. But he does. He's not going to keep us in the in the same spot that we were, right before we knew him, or even last week. Because every single day, if we're not if we're not moving towards the Lord and our relationship isn't getting stronger with the Lord, then it's then it's regressing, right? He, We can't, sometimes it's like, well, if I just stay here, I'm good. Well, you're either moving backwards or forwards. You know, you're not, you know, you have to, you know, as we, as we continue to, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. So as we read the word, our faith grows. Amen. And so, yeah, the Lord might've said, you're justified by your faith, but for, for me to be convinced of it, I need to continue to be in the word. Right, Because my faith grows as I, as I grow in the, in the Bible, as I continue to read it every day. That's how my faith grows. I, mean, you have, I think you have a lot of Christians that the Lord's saying, no, I'm justified. You, you, you do have faith in me, so you're justified. But they're going around saying, uh, I'm not going to talk to that person because they don't know, you know I've all this stuff in my life and I'm just not a good witness and everything like that. But what does the Bible say? The Bible says that he is the justifier. We're not the just, you know. We're not even the justifier of our own, you know. We can't even justify ourselves. He is the justifier of you, by our faith in Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Applicable to the world today, the word is and never passes away. When we read the word, our faith grows because faith comes by hearing. Amen. And we sink ourselves with Jesus when we read His word. We sink ourselves to Jesus with with Jesus. We have That relationship becomes even even greater, even better when we sink ourselves and we continue to read His Word. Amen. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6.17. It says, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. I want to be more than just a follower of Jesus. Amen. I want to have an unshakable faith in Him. I want to be, when we join ourselves to the Lord, we are one spirit with Him. I want to be one spirit with Jesus. Amen. Whatever, whatever his will is in my life, I want him to work that through me. Amen. Still takes action on my part, but I want him to work that through me. Paul said, it's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Amen. I want to get to a point where, where any decision that I make, I'm asking the Holy Spirit. How should I do this? What should I do? Guide me here. Amen. Make my path straight. I want to be continually in, in your will. Amen. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. It's in faith in Jesus that we have our justification of our inheritance. We read, we read a scripture earlier, I think it was in, um, in Ephesians, just about our inheritance and that the Holy Spirit is the guarantee that that's sealed, we're sealed, our inheritance is sealed, but the Holy Spirit is the guarantee for our inheritance. Amen. So anytime, you know, Satan, I don't know, Pastor Jeannie talked about before that that there was a time way back when where she didn't even feel like she was a Christian. She was a pastor's wife and the devil kept on telling her, you're not a Christian, you're not a Christian. She's like, well, maybe I'm not. But no, if we if we believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, amen, and, and we say, you are my Lord and Savior, amen. and the Bible says then we're justified, amen. amen, and don't let Satan, don't let anybody tell you differently, Right? Amen. You're justified. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Father, we just thank you for for all that you do for us. We thank you that you are on the throne. Lord, that you justify us by our faith in you. Lord, we thank you that we can even go out here today confident in your word, confident in the abilities and the skills and talents that you've given us, Lord. Confident in your healing power. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you... Are um, a lifter up of our heads that that even throughout this week, father, if we start to get down, if we start to get depressed, father, that you can we just remember that you lift up our head, but that you 've called us blessed, that you 've called us righteous, that you 've called us yours, that we have an inheritance with you, and Lord, so I just pray just for this whole day in, in the rest of this week, the new year Father, that you continue to bless your people. Lord, that it says in your word that you have blessed us with every spiritual blessing. So, Lord, we hang on to that. We hold on to those things. Hold on to all the promises, Father, that you've given us in your word. And we thank you for a great week. In Jesus' name, amen. God is an awesome God. He from heaven Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at Brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 630 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.